Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome in. That's a little bit of bait and switch. Uh, Inside Sources today with Marty Carpenter sitting in for Boyd Matheson. I can only presume Boyd's getting a little bit of a jump start on his weekend. Maybe he's in search of some sunshine. We haven't seen the sunshine for the longest time. So maybe he's out there just getting a tan. That's the best I can guess, at least, what what, uh, Boyd is up to. Uh, As I mentioned, my name is Marty Carpenter. I've been here a couple of times, off and on. Sometimes I'm in with Dave or Deb. Sometimes I'm in for Boyd. But always a great time when I get a chance to sit in here at KSL and always a privilege to be uh, in front of this microphone and have a chance to discuss the big issues going on with all of you. My background, I guess most notably, I was uh, Governor Herbert's spokesman for a number of years. I've been... uh, uh, senior player in the last three gubernatorial elections, and uh, love to talk all things politic and politics, and tend to come at things from an angle of what is the message, what is the message that's being pushed on us, and how are we supposed to interpret that message if we want to really understand what's going on. With that background, let's jump in and have a good couple of hours together talking through some of the big things going on in our state on this January Friday, this cold, cold dreary January Friday. And we're going to talk weather and water uh, throughout the show a little bit as we go along. Uh, Let's start here because something really interesting going on in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, (laughs) You know, it it seems like things have kind of been status quo there for for some time. And now there's been a little bit of a shakeup. And this is somewhat the fallout of the leadership elections that took place in the House. So, As promised, newly elected Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is opening up the legislative process. So yesterday, D.C. lawmakers debated more than 140 amendments to a bill on the floor of the House. That was the first time that's happened in seven years. Not that it was so many that 140, but that they opened up debate on amendments because these things have been controlled more tightly by leadership in recent years. Democrats and Republicans actually agree on something, and they are generally cheering this change, this ability to debate amendments on the floor. So why is it so important to open up the amendment process? Why does that make lawmakers so happy? What are the consequences of that, the good ones, the expected ones, the intended ones, and what are maybe the unintended consequences of that? We brought in an expert, someone who is actually in the House Congress, he's not in this house, he's not in the studio with us, but he is in the U.S. House of Representatives. Congressman John Curtis, who represents Utah's 3rd District in the House of Representatives. Uh, Congressman Curtis, thanks so much for being with us today. Hello, Marty. It's great to be with you, and you are right. For those of us in D.C., this is a really interesting issue. I'm just glad somebody's paying attention to it back in Utah. Uh, Well, let's set the stage on this, because I don't know that I did it justice there in the opening, but why has the process been... That there are not that the amendments were not discussed for the last several years. I think when most of us think about Congress, we say, "Well, someone files a bill, and then the bill goes to a committee, and then the committee kind of talks about it, and then it comes to the floor, and they debate it, and they make a decision." But I guess in recent years, it's really been that that's so much more 
uh, where the cake is baked by the time it gets to the floor. Is, is that the best way to set the scene for our audience? That, that is a perfect way. And imagine my frustration. I would probably say this is my greatest frustration in Washington is uh, the cake is baked. It comes to me for an up or down vote, and I get no influence on making it a better bill. And uh, that is so frustrating to me as a lawmaker to think there's there's nothing I can do to try to change this to make it a better bill. And uh, this week, that's played out very differently. So it's not not even just a matter that, you, you know, the cake is baked. You don't even really get a chance to read the ingredients on the side of the box before you're supposed to vote oh, for it in many cases. So, yeah, that's that was another rule change is that, you know, these bills in the past, particularly the last two years, would come to us in the middle of the night, thousands and thousands of pages. We would vote on it the next day. And I guarantee you not a member of the House or Senate has read it uh, when they would vote on it. And then no ability for amendments to change it. Even if you could read it, you, you couldn't change anything. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. So... This gives more power to each individual representative to propose amendments and then to debate on those. I, I presume that also is going to slow the process down a little bit. It might be a better process in some ways, but uh, do you expect that it will slow things down because debate takes time? Well, first of all, let's, let's enjoy uh, the, the, the situation. How many people in Utah are going to be bugged that we're slowed down here? Right? <laughs> That's like, a fair point. I think a lot of people. A lot of people are going to view that as a, an amenity of the new uh, rules. It will slow us down, but it means we're going to do better legislation and legislation that is uh, more in tune with the American people instead of behind closed doors uh, uh, cooked by, you know, the four you know the leaders um, from both parties in both House and Senate. And uh, it was, I tell you, there were a lot of frustrated people this week. But I can tell you personally that I really celebrated the fact that had I wanted to make an amendment, I could make it. Uh, I could get an up or down vote on it, and you can get a far better piece of legislation, in my opinion, uh, through this process. Tell me a little bit about the the feeling in the chamber as these are being debated. You know, de- debate and having discussion on these things, I think most of us would say, yeah, that's really good. Uh, now it's just a matter of it's Republicans and Democrats debating something, and uh, not everyone <laughs> always plays so nice back there. So has it been, at least through day one and through the, the first uh, round of this, um, somewhat sort of like spirited and cordial? And, and do you anticipate that it will stay that way if that's how it's been so far? Well, I'll tell you, to understand the, the rules a little bit, I think it's helpful. So last night, uh, as an example, we debated uh, dozens and dozens. It ended up being over 30 uh, uh, bills that we voted on today. They were all debated on yesterday. And you only get five minutes for your case and five minutes for an opposing case 
So it's not really a debate so much as is an opportunity to put your bill forward. And in five minutes, you know, basically all you're doing is presenting the merits of your bill, and or and then the person opposing it is is putting forth what they want. And other than one little back and forth last night uh, with a couple of members, there was very little drama. Then today, the scene I think is really uh, important to understand. In the past, the Democrats had remote voting, so it took us forever, well, forever meaning about uh, 45 minutes for every vote. Imagine the 30-plus votes we took today if they had each taken an hour. Well, Republicans have done away with remote voting, and we do these, these votes in two-minute increments. And so you, you are riveted at your seat. If you stand up and move around and talk, you're going to miss a vote. And so for most of that time, you're right in your seat, and every two minutes the next bill is coming at you. Um, but part of the rules package, too, is you, you, you get 72 hours to read these. So most of them are simple amendments, many of them less than a page. And so it can move rather quickly. And today, in a couple hours, we voted on over 30 different votes. Take us behind the scenes a little bit there on the actual process of voting from, uh, you know, the switch from remote voting that you that you mentioned to now. Like, are some of these just sort of voice votes? Everyone's, it's a, it's who, who can kind yeah. of make the biggest noise, so to speak? Or, so, or, is, or are we so pushing buttons? The, what are we doing? During the debate, and by the way, just uh, a point of interest, last night I was put on notice that I was to lead the Republican side from 11.30 p.m. till 12.30 p.m. <laughs> and so that's the debate side of it. Um, and that's where you can ask for a roll call vote or let it go by voice vote. Only a couple of these went by uh, voice vote. And so today, in that two minutes, it's just the speaker bringing up the bill, everybody scrambling to get their vote in. Pretty well, all of us already knew where we were going to vote walking into that room. And so there's, you know, two minutes really is adequate in this scenario. And uh, it just it moves quickly. And if you're not paying attention, they don't wait for you to vote. Yeah. Well, I guess the only thing I would have concerns about is if for some reason someone were to introduce an amendment on which pair of socks you got to choose for the day. (laughs) Now, that would be my amendment. But uh, there is another important in the weeds thing here is that the bills have to be germane. So germane, meaning they have to have. They have to do with the underlying bill. So last night, part of the procedure that went on is as somebody stood up for their five minutes, anybody who opposed that bill could stand up and it's, uh, go to the parliamentarian and say, I don't think it's germane. Parliamentarian weighs in on that. And so my sock amendment would have been kicked out. <laughs> you have to stay uh, on top. You have to stay on topic. Well, let's not leave the audience with a cliffhanger. Tell us about today's socks, because you're known for the colorful socks that you choose each day. So give us a <laughs> well, sock Marty, update, and then we'll let uh, you go. If we were on TV, you would see I'm sporting a pair of Johnny Cash socks. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, a shout-out to, to Johnny Cash. And I'll be on the airplane, so any of your listeners who are on the flight from D.C. to Salt Lake, I'll uh, show my Johnny Cash socks, and I thank you for asking. All right, there's the reason to hunt down uh, the uh, the congressman in the airport if you get a chance and, and harass him a bit about his socks and uh, go from there. <laughs> uh, congressman John Curtis from Utah's 3rd District, thanks so much thanks, for Marty. taking some time with us. And uh, okay. sorry you got the uh, the overnight shift there, the 1130 to 1230 shift. Uh, it, uh, that's a tough well, one. Well, it all now. turned out because the Democrats stopped. They got tired, too, and they stopped offering amendments, so I didn't <laughs> have to stay up that late. Well, you wore them out. That's that's uh, that's, that's part of the process. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly part of the process as well. All right, Congressman John Curtis from Utah's third district. Uh, coming yeah. up when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about this AI program. Some of you are familiar with Chat GPT. If you're not familiar with it, you're going to learn more about it. We're going to talk about its impacts on the classroom. Coming up with more of that on Inside Sources. 
Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.